Hi. Welcome to the Focus Lex podcast series. Today we have with us Pooja Gera. Pooja Gera completed a 5 year course from ILS in 2015. She also completed the CS executive examination while in college. After graduation, she has worked with the dispute resolution teams of prestigious law firms like Economic Laws Practice, Barucha and Partners, and Sirer Amarchand Mangaldas. Currently, she is working as a counsel at the Bombay High Court. I hope you enjoy the interview and find it insightful. So you joined ILS in 2010. So what motivated you to join law? Okay. Um, so my uh, story, my my story basically started very randomly. I never really wanted to do law in the beginning. Uh, being somebody who studied in the North Indian schools. my focus was purely delhi university to get through one of those top colleges and do bcom honors or economic honors and uh, just do maybe ca along with it or an mba that was the plan but um, somehow i came across um, the brochure because i was looking up for options i happened to speak to a very distant relative who was into law uh, got really interested in the conversation he was actually working on a moot proposition and okay. it was a criminal law uh, related moot proposition so he generally asked me for my views on what he thinks about the case and that somehow interested me so much and i was like okay what is this about and he told me how it works in um, you know their colleges and that's how i was like okay i mean this sounds interesting so let me check out what this is all about because we over there unfortunately the north indian standard mindset is that you know law, law is just like a backup profession you can't really be taking it up as a main stream profession and therefore not much discussion used to happen in and around law unfortunately mm-hmm. um i started reading up about it and discovered that it is so fascinating uh got really interested and it was really just a hunch like i think it happened right around the time i was entering into my 12th board exams like i think right before march I started reading up extensively about law. Signed up for CLATs. I had obviously not done any uh, studies for it because it was a very last-moment plan. Mm-hmm. And yeah, from there it started, and I've never looked back. I've I've not regretted the decision to do law even for a day after that. Uh, wow. So it was really, I mean, not planned, but it happened. I I think like the only lesson with this is that you know if you. have a gut feeling and if you feel very strongly about something sometimes it's worth pursuing you studied at ILS from 2010 to 2015 we often hear that the students then used to win more competition and get good jobs what do you think was the difference in the students then no so i think it it will be unfair to i mean say that the students were different i <laughs> think um you know first of all i would say that when i was in college um and it's always ilis has always been a it would been a place where students are given a lot of freedom and a lot of flexibility to design their career and that's something that you really don't get in any of the n schools okay. um at that point of time n schools were there but there were not so many and they weren't flourishing the way they are today Mm-hmm. um there were very limited set of n schools and then ils and glc were also amongst the top preferences so obviously um the crowd got pulled to ils and the student community was really active that's always been the kind of place ils has been they've never really designed 
a curriculum in the way that this is what you have to do this is the paper you have to write and this is this is the subject in which you have to write no you always have the freedom to pick and choose you could do nothing with your time or you could make like 99% of your time you can make the best out of it so it really depended on the students and i think a lot of students at that point of time really picked um you know saw an opportunity in that and uh, capitalized on it i'm not sure about what's the status now because i've not interacted so much with the students today in in college but i think it's always within you guys i mean the power is still with the student community that's how the college has always been the moment students decide to pick up the uh you know the burden on themselves and make something out of their time i think the one thing that ils gives you which is a lot of time on your hand you can make mm-hmm. like you can do wonders of it the obviously one big disadvantage is unlike glc uh we can't intern which is an advantage that glc kids have over us but yes. you could write papers you could moot you could uh you know study a lot of people do company secretary you can do a lot of things with your time i think which academically which would not be possible in a setup like you know an nls because there the curriculum is already designed by somebody else mm-hmm. so you can be creative with your time that's that's what it is and i think if the students decide to do that today i'm sure ils will, will be as good as it was at that point of time yes that's a wonderful answer when you were at ils you developed an interest in dispute resolution how did that happen i think um, uh, i think my entire career has been um a lot of like gut feeling uh, mm-hmm. from the from the time i decided to do, do law and uh, fr- you know whatever i picked in law it's always been a gut feel i joined uh, i obviously took up law the one thing that i was fascinated with when i was joining or when i was taking up law was corporate law I never saw myself doing litigation. I never saw myself doing dispute resolution. I was totally a corporate person. I wanted to work in one of those fancy law firms, sit in the office and, you know, do those fancy deals like mergers and acquisitions and all sorts of stuff and advise important corporate clients. That was the dream. Mm-hmm. And uh started interning with that. In fact, like many people start with litigation internships, trying to get to know courts, how they work. you know working with counsels working with judges i didn't do any of that i started directly with corporate firms because i was so sure that that's my plan and that's what i'm going to do so i my first internship was with dsk legal uh in bombay and that was followed by a number of corporate internships uh that was very clearly my plan but i happened to do one internship in karanjawala mm-hmm. in delhi just because i was not getting through the corporate firm that i wanted to get in and somehow i got an opportunity there and i just took it up because i'm like rather than sitting at home i might that's how i ended up in a dispute resolution a completely litigation oriented firm and yeah. i worked there and i thoroughly enjoyed the work like i had not enjoyed any of my internships so much so that was a turning point for me Luckily for me they were at that point of time doing an intern international commercial arbitration um yes. London seated but the venue was Delhi so therefore the hearings were happening in Delhi and I got to assist with that I got to attend that and then I thought okay no I mean dispute resolution is not so bad either and then I realized that one thing that really pulled me when I had to make the decision between the two one thing that really pulled me towards disputes was the fact that 
I realized I'm more of a generalist. For okay. me, I love the law, and I like to do different things. Like I, I would like to, you know, if we have a a construction dispute, then I would like to learn the technicals of it. And if it's a, you know, a medical negligence uh, litigation, I would like to learn the technicals of it because it's it's an experience. Every dispute is a different experience. It it involves different set of facts. It involves um you know different kind of um subjects so therefore the knowledge was never limiting and i thought that way i'll keep pushing myself to learn more and more and that's what really pulled me towards it like there's no it's not like it'll ever get monotonous it always keeps changing every dispute is new every set of facts is new um you know you keep doing new work and that's brilliant because i mean what more do you want right your job to be exciting in which year was this internship uh my first oh you mean karanjawala or dsk yeah. okay uh karanjawala i think was um i think in 2013 beginning i'm not sure exactly oh, yeah. but i think around that time yeah so your third year mid uh no actually right at the beginning of my third year okay wonderful so isn't it interesting that one of the arbitrators there was a former british prime minister's wife is that correct yeah that's true uh one of the arbitrators for that arbitration yes was uh, her i mean um she was really sweet in fact like we we never uh, really got to interact with the arbitrators but mm-hmm. um i think the general demeanor of all these people was that they were all really humble and they looked at us like excited kids who are there to learn so <laughs> uh i think that was great because generally uh the whole experience was everybody was nice everybody understood that you know you're there to learn and they didn't put unnecessary pressure on you to run around mm-hmm. so yeah but i i think that was just the glamour part of it i mean when you're an intern that attracts you because okay oh my god like you know i'm looking at someone like sherry blair oh my god that's crazy but uh that's about it like you know that's not what disputes is about that's just mm-hmm. one glamorous thing about it that may happen to you once in 10 years but that's not what it is really about mm-hmm. uh if you want to choose disputes it's more about um you know it's it may not be always fancy arbitrations it may also be hardcore litigations you may also end up in a writ in the high court you may also end up filing a suit in the district court uh, you know the lower courts in any of the cities so mm-hmm. it's not necessarily always that i think it's it matters more what you enjoy about the subject okay uh yeah so i mean for me like i like i told you i really enjoy uh i have done a number of different kind of arbitrations i've done a construction dispute i have done a hotel management dispute i have done a shareholders agreement like a joint venture dispute i've done a technological partnership sort of disputes all of them have been different because everything has a business angle to it and every business is different so to be able to do that dispute effectively you need to understand the business really well and i think that's where you really push um how much you learn so there are ports yeah. disputes also so you really learn how ports function so it's all very different that's that's what i enjoy about dispute resolution the most you make it sound very fascinating when people think about dispute resolution they usually think about joining a chamber 
You started your career with a dispute resolution team at a law firm. What is the difference between starting off at a chamber and a dispute resolution team? Okay. Um, well, it depends on which city um, do you intend to practice in. Uh, it matters a lot uh, because if you are going to practice, and that's why I always believe that it's very important to do internships and explore different cities and decide which is your fit. Because um, okay. every is because it's disputes. It's not corporate. It functions very differently. For instance, Delhi litigation would be very different from the way Bombay functions. In Delhi, they have um, you know councils are also sometimes independently being briefed by clients, and they go ahead and directly appear. In Bombay, mm -hmm. there's a very strict solicitor council divide. That means that solicitors are engaged by clients. And uh, those solicitors then brief counsels and then counsels go and appear in court. So if you are going to enter into, and I can speak for Bombay, if you're going to enter into a system that, you know, it exists in Bombay, then I think it's always better to start with the law firm. That's what I did. I started with the law firm because you learn a lot of basics over there. You learn to draft, you learn to... Uh, something as important as document management it looks it sounds silly but it's really important and uh, you learn to research you know hone your research skills um, generally manage client expectations manage senior expectations all of those things so there's a lot of skill development that goes into it um, start with a law firm and then join a chamber because when you're a counsel, you're expected to take calls on strategy. You're expected to take calls on, you know, whether, like, say, if there's a draft coming to you for settling, you have to take a call on whether you think it reads fine, whether you think the prayers are adequate and get, will get the client what they need. You won't be in a position to really know all of that unless you've been trained before. So it's always better, I feel, to start with a firm and then join a chamber. People usually wish to get an opportunity to argue after they graduate. Are there any law firms which provide this opportunity? So I would say that, um, see, again, like if you're joining a chamber in Delhi, you may mm -hmm. get that chance because Delhi doesn't function in the same style that Bombay does. Um, okay. But uh, because in Delhi, like, you know, councils also have an independent setup. They don't necessarily depend on law firms to brief them. Whereas in Bombay, it's usually the law firms briefing the council. So it's difficult for a very beginner to get to get a chance to appear. But I would say that, uh, you know, having the expectation of appearing right at the beginning itself is wrong. Because okay. I won't say that, you know, you need to have it. Uh, you shouldn't have it at all. Um, I think it's good to be wanting it. But I really think that, you know, when you're fresh out of law school, um, it's very, you know, the world outside the world of practice of law is very different from what we study. Uh, mm -hmm. So therefore, it's first important to settle into it. So you okay. get comfortable with it. You understand how it works. You understand how things actually work out there in the practical world. And mm -hmm. then have those ambitions. By that time, like you would have already been trained in the very basics. You would feel a little settled and then you'll be comfortable enough to appear. Now, when it comes to chances to appear, well, it, it depends a lot on your luck. Uh, it depends a lot on the firms you are joining. For instance, a lot of very, very small litigation firms do send their first year, second year associates to go and, you know, argue a chamber summons in court or go to the, you know, the city civil court, like the lowermost uh, court and just argue um, a summary suit. 
it's quite possible to get those kind of opportunities but that's only possible in a smaller setup when you're joining a firm okay. like amarchand or khetan or trilegal the stakes are so high they can't invest in a junior resource to appear i mean it's not their fault but it's not possible because mm-hmm. i mean they usually disputes worth thousands of crores you can't be betting on one fresher to be appearing on those matters even for the smallest thing there's a lot of client expectation there's a lot of pressure involved so it's very difficult to get but then obviously working on those kind of disputes gives you a great exposure um you know those disputes would be usually something that would be talked about in the market so to be a part of something like that also sounds good on your cv looks good on your cv mm-hmm. um so it's it's be- basically a choice if appearance is what really counts then i would say go for a smaller setup go for a smaller litigation firm because you may not get very very effective appearances like actually arguing or finally arguing a matter but you can start with small appearances like arguing an interim application or arguing um you know a leave to defend a uh, very small small um things and then eventually move on to more stronger um sort of more wider space in terms of arguing but that's not possible in a big law firm so it, it's really a choice if appearance is what counts and go for a smaller setup if you're okay and if it's the exposure that you're looking for and um, you want to work on more complex international cross border disputes then go for a bigger firm okay mm-hmm. so now let's come briefly back to your college journey so once you decided that you want to join a dispute resolution firm how did you go about your publication see i to be very honest um i mean when i was in college i didn't focus too much on publications and that's a mistake um but i also feel it didn't affect uh, my career so much because i know a lot of people who haven't had many publications but they are very working very successfully in the space of dispute resolution um so i had written a couple of papers i still continue i've recently started writing again so i write uh, i keep writing posts but um i don't think um that you know i have i'm the right person to talk about it but i because i really didn't do as many publications having said that i do feel that one must do it uh but also realize that you know what we write in an academic paper is very different from uh what you would really have to draft when you join a firm because academics go out of the window almost then because it really matters because you're drafting a pleading with the intent that you have to get your client what he needs so it really depends the art is really in um you know putting the facts or pleading the facts in a way that will get the client what they really need um okay. and the legal specifics don't matter so much because if you would have heard like when you're filing a pleading in court of law under the civil procedure code if you're filing a plaint or in an arbitration if you're filing a statement of claim it's mm-hmm. usually supposed to be pleading on facts and very little law so you'll see legal submissions or submissions on the law would form a very small part of that pleading if it's a hun- if it's a 50 page draft 40 pages would be facts and that's a completely different style Mm-hmm. so uh while having publications is great it looks good on your cv um if you don't have any it's okay i mean you can still manage 
is what I was trying to say. But I do regret not having done enough publications. Okay. So when you were in college, you finished as the quarterfinalist in the NLS arbitration moot. You also finished as the semi-finalist in the NLUJ antitrust moot. You were also the quarterfinalist in the Viz Vienna moot court competition where you won the honorable mention for the best oral team. How did you approach mooting while you were in college? And what was your intention behind taking up this activity? So the same. See, I think uh, because I got so invested in disputes um, after I interned in Karanjawala in the beginning of my third year, and that's when I really got very active on the mooting scene. Mm -hmm. uh, because I realized that, you know, uh, for me, I love um, advocacy and I wanted to hone my skills on that basically it's mooting is basically a practice of you convincing somebody that what you are saying is correct and what you are arguing for your client is correct right okay. and that's really what the the art of advocacy is basically persuasion and being able to persuade someone and convince them that you are on the right side like to give a judgment in your favor. So mm -hmm. that's the intent with which, because I realized very early on, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, moods matter so much because a lot of people are very, um, you know, scared of public speaking. Um, mm -hmm. They don't want to get into that field, which is completely okay. That doesn't stop you from getting into disputes. There's space for everybody. But uh, for me, the way I looked at it, I was also somebody who was really scared of public speaking, to be very honest. Okay. Um, but... I took it on as a challenge because I was like, this is one thing that I want to work on because I think I can do well. And eventually I saw myself doing disputes and actually arguing matters at some point of time in my life. And I thought like mooting is a good academic exercise to train my mind for it. And that's exactly what happened. I think a lot I learned on all my moots that like I've done. You mentioned a lot of those moots where I was actually successful, but then there were also moots that I did in my first two years, which were absolutely bad. And I didn't get any ranks, but um, I got a great learning out of it. Like I remember the first year I did a moot on uh, energy law. And at that point of time, the whole Kane Vedanta acquisition was really hyped up. Okay. Um, to read about it, it was a really hyped up issue because uh, Kane in Kane UK wanted to exit and Vedanta wanted to buy wanted to buy their shares. So there was a whole dispute where the government of India was intervening and saying, "No, you can't sell this. You can't do that. It's a it's you know an oil field. We can't simply give it away to anybody inexperienced." And all of that was going on. So there was a moot proposition that had been prepared on that controversy, and I did that. Until date, when I get such disputes, it's so easy for me to understand the basics because I read it at that point of time, how, you know, how the allotment is done, what are production sharing contracts, all of that, like till date holds good for me. So I think what I learned in these moot um, courts has really helped me till date in terms of uh, knowledge mm -hmm. and has also trained my mind uh, in terms of how to think on disputes. It's really helped me. So that's how I went about it. That was my approach. Um, purely learning. That that was the only intention. Yes, of course, I won't lie that I did take up Vienna with the intent of doing something more than just learning. I mean, you don't invest that much money into a moot just to learn, right? Uh, you're going to Europe. and But that was an insane experience. Um, 
and i'm so glad that we could actually get something out of it mm-hmm. um i think making anywhere over there uh like even if you don't break through the round of 64 it's absolutely fine because the way that problem is structured is very close to how disputes especially arbitration disputes work in practical life it's the closest amongst the moot propositions the moot courts that you would see that is i feel the closest structure um in terms of how it works in practice and i'm so glad that i did it in my final year because it really prepared me for what's coming well so when you mentioned that you did a moot in your first year i was surprised because my seniors tell me that earlier the first year students wouldn't get a chance to moot so how did that happen uh so i was um uh, a researcher and um i didn't do it as a speaker i wasn't allowed to go as a speaker and the only reason i was allowed to go as a researcher was because that moot was happening right in the middle of exams like when the exams were around the corner the first year exams and obviously the end of the year exams for all the batches in the university so mm-hmm. that's the reason i i mean nobody was taking it up so i happened to take it up and also that year i had a novice rank so okay. because of that i was allowed to go as a researcher so you mentioned how the vis problem comes close to the practice which lawyers actually do putting sometimes seems unrealistic because people speak in a mechanical way and sometimes to speak with an accent what do you think should be done to make the mooting experience as real as possible should we expect the moots to be real at all no i i see i i think like part of it is also like you have to realize when you're doing something in college at the end of the day it's going to be an academic exercise it's not really going to be just like you working in a law firm it's not it's never going to be the same so um it's okay to uh you know um try to i mean some people do try to uh you know learn from others they watch videos and try to maybe sometimes uh be a little mechanical about it. it's all it's all a process it's all a i i find it as a process of self discovery you take okay. these challenges on and you see what what kind of a person are you how would you approach a certain situation and okay say in a a particular mood i was very mechanical i would know when i go to argue before the judge that it, that approach didn't work for me so next time i'll change mm-hmm. don't let it pull you back I feel like take it as a step by step process. Take, I mean, if you're taking up a moot, you're taking up any exercise, be it a publication, be it a paper presentation, be it a moot court. I think it's a lot about uh, rather than focusing on just winning. I think you should also focus on um, discovering your potential and what you're capable of doing and how you can become a better version with every next activity that you take up. Okay, that's wonderful. So when you were in college you took the CS exam what was your intention behind taking up the course My intention was very simple like I like I told you when I joined law I had joined with the intention of doing corporate law mm-hmm. uh and uh, at that point of time I don't know if the curriculum has changed but at that point of time we used to study the most important subjects in the last year Yeah even which now which wasn't going to help me because if I had to be at an internship and perform and I, i mean you would know that i was a part of the corporate cell also um many times i did feel lost because i was like you know i need to at least know the basics um i can't be going to an internship and be like oh but 
I'm going to study this subject in my last year. So, uh, of course, I mean, that was one reason that I took it up because mm-hmm. at least I got to study all these subjects early on. So how helpful was the CS examination when it came to your dispute resolution practice? See, like I said, disputes is not something that is uh, restricted to certain subjects. And obviously, the basics of company law um, that you study in CS, a lot of SEBI-related stuff, taxation, it all helps. I mean, the background knowledge always helps any subject because, like I said, I'm a generalist and that's the reason why I took up disputes. because it caters to a lot of subjects. You can have an oppression and mismanagement petition. So therefore, that will become hardcore company law. Or you may have a shareholder's dispute arising out of a shareholder's agreement, which would become a very um, hardcore contract act related issue or a specific relief act related issue. So therefore, learning all those um, you know, subjects very early on obviously helped me. I'm not saying, I'm not saying I remembered each and every section. Uh, at least having the basic knowledge and the first principles there obviously gave me a good, um, you know, base to stand on. Okay. So I, I think that if you're pursuing the CS examination and you're doing excellently at activities uh, with it, uh, you're, you must be occupied almost all the time. So how did you manage your time and multitask so effectively? See, that's why I said that ILS has this beautiful... Uh, <laughs> Thing about it, time. Uh, it's it's completely. You're the master of your time, mm-hmm. and uh, which is great because it gave me the flexibility to plan my, um, you know, activities accordingly. So I used to um, keep the month before the exams, obviously exclusively for the exams. I don't know how much that helped in university, but <laughs> to study the sub- subjects. Um, so that's how I managed the studies. And uh, during the academic, like the year, whenever we were in college, I focused a lot on moot courts, uh, you know, doing all sorts of uh, competitions, whatever came across, even some Mm -hmm. essay writing competitions or publications. I did that while college was on because you, at least at that point of time, the college used to be at seven o'clock in the morning and it used to end about at 11, 30, 12. So you basically had the whole day uh, to do whatever you want. Um, so that's how I used to use my time. And uh, CS and internship was always after the exams. We used to have a month or a month and a half. So I used to, if I had a CS exam, then I used to take up a shorter internship. Um, otherwise, I used to focus on the internship. So that's how I think I was able to manage my time. Uh, because I had like made time boxes, essentially. So there was a period of time which I knew was dedicated to a particular activity. And that's how I went about it. Unfortunately, in the last year, it all got muddled up because uh, mm. when I did this, um, this happens right before your exams almost. Many times it clashes. Um, I think we had returned just 10 days before our final year exams or 10 or 15 days. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, mm. I think it was a very, very small gap. So that was madness to manage that moot with the exams was quite difficult. But so we had to prepare in advance. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you have to learn how to multitask because this, this field is all about it. You Once you start working, um, you know, you 
probably not find time for yourself at all if you don't know how to multitask at all because it's a very demanding profession mm-hmm. so that's 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 a skill that is necessary to develop i'm not saying be hard on yourself in college but try at least to develop that skill it's important okay. all right so now if somebody is interested in joining a dispute resolution team at a law firm uh salaries are on offer at various tiers and how do they increase with time i think our batch your batch everybody is really lucky because uh, before us uh, it used to be a thing where disputes was not considered to be particularly profitable because okay. there was a disparity so the same law firm would pay lesser to people who work in the dispute resolution team mm-hmm. but much more to people who work in the corporate team Okay. and that really comes from um you know how clients view disputes and corporate corporate matters because when it comes to disputes it's about uh you know sort of saving liability so it's an expense for them mm-hmm. but when it comes to corporate it's uh, usually a lot related to business growth of business mergers acquisitions so they take it as a profit making opportunity so therefore they're willing to spend more money on corporate than on disputes that used to be the approach earlier but now i think increasingly companies have realized that it's equally important to have a very um good uh hold on dispute management also because of which obviously the law firms have started paying dispute resolution lawyers at par with the corporate uh people so it really depends on the band of firms you're joining if you're joining a top tier you can expect just the way corporate people get like around 14 lakhs maybe starting if you're joining mm-hmm. a- that's an annual package i'm talking about if you're joining a top tier if you're joining a mid tier then it could be anything between um 8 to 11 or if you're joining a really really small setup a boutique law firm then it could be probably lesser than that so it really depends on the band of law firm you're joining uh but yeah with time it grows significantly i mean it, experience really matters in this this profession is all about experience mm mm-hmm. basically as your hair grows you get more money <laughs> it should be that yeah so, so what kind of uh, so what kind of an increase sorry. are we looking at what kind of an increase it depends on the market really mm-hmm. um right now i think the good thing is despite the pandemic i don't see the market for lawyers being affected really badly because i have a lot of friends working in the top tier law firms i also have a lot of friends who are working in mid tier law firms they did suffer some pay cuts initially but then eventually it has normalized quite a bit because the courts have adapted to the whole online working system because of which work is getting back to normal revenue is being generated so um market conditions may affect your increase sometimes but usually i think um, they all have a very standard package for instance if you start at a 14 in a top tier mm-hmm. uh, the next year you can expect an increase to at least 16 mm-hmm. and then further on maybe 18 that's how it goes on it's similar i think like a lakh or two maybe per year okay but that really depends on the the setup you're working in really okay that's nice uh now uh, if a student from ils is looking to join a dispute resolution team in a top tier law firm or a tier 2 law firm uh, how important 
plans internships and mood courts and other activities how would you rate them and what would your advice be to the students see i feel ils is at a bit of a disadvantage on that front because um, like i said n schools usually have a very aggressive campus placement um glc has a very good uh, i mean they have the they give their students the flexibility to intern all year around you'll see a lot of uh, a system of paralegals in bombay so a lot yeah. of glc kids actually enroll as paralegals in law firms and they're eventually absorbed like their jobs are quite secure like if somebody likes them at a particular law firm they've been working as a paralegal for 2 years they're 99% chances for them to get a job mm-hmm. um ilas unfortunately doesn't have that opportunity because you're in pune so you can't travel to bombay attendance is mandatory so therefore you have to be around college um so i think your real moment to shine is internships and that's the only moment to shine i don't think anything else matters more than that your academics obviously matters a bit i'm not saying i let it go down the sink but um focus on it maintain a consistent uh decent score but it really matters how you uh use your internships well that's why i used every opportunity in my college life to intern yeah so it's very important i think that's the shining moment because if you're able to tell somebody that you know i because that's where they can really see you working because sometimes cvs can just be an eye wash so if you have really and that's what worked for me i had interned in elp uh, they called me back i got a job and i got absorbed and that's how it worked for most of my batchmates because campus placement or you know just independently applying for a job after your college is over is incredibly hard Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously campus placements are good for in house but dispute resolution especially it's incredibly hard so therefore it's always better to you know do good internships that's the best yeah. way to go about it and if one has to go about uh, building their cv uh, what kind of mix should you look at uh, how much importance should you give to moot to college exams and other activities like you know negotiation client counseling see i'll tell you what um your cv at a college level uh, should just show engagement uh, that you've tried it, it should show enthusiasm mm-hmm. and it should show some level of activity if it's yeah. simply something that you know you've just done your academics and nothing else that doesn't really give someone to you know what's the x factor so mm-hmm. uh, at a student level they won't really be looking at oh you one this obviously it would matter if you did win but that's not the only criteria on the base if you you know winning competitions is not the only criteria on the basis of which you get jobs i think if i am an and i have interviewed kids from glc uh, for being paralegals at firms and what i would look at in a cv is really if if some if if the student has tried to keep himself busy in trying to learn Mm-hmm. so by doing different activities and i would ask them questions about okay oh, so you seem to have written a paper on this so what are your thoughts about it or oh, you have interned over here uh, how was it how was your experience what kind of work did you do so it really depends um, your cv should reflect that you have tried to um, continuously learn do something okay that's all that matters it, it there's no fixed formula there's no like you should do minimum number of moot courts or minimum number of publications or minimum number of internships no i think it all matters it all comes down to 
the fact that you've tried to do something out of with your time okay so you have to show interest your cv should show that you're interested in the field uh, to the recruiters exactly you're interested in learning that's what it should show okay wonderful and you've constantly now, tried hmm so now would you like, like to talk about the you mentioned the solicitors in bombay would you like to talk about the bombay solicitors examination yeah i mean that's definitely something that you can consider but it's it's in, again it's a very difficult uh one to crack mm-hmm. um glc again has an advantage over there because it requires a three year traineeship you have to sign your sols with somebody mm-hmm. like an already like a person who's already a solicitor in bombay you have to train under them for a period of 3 years at least that's what it used to be earlier mm-hmm. so what glc people do is they do that training training usually while they're still in college when they're in their final 2 years of college so therefore they don't end up spending a lot of time um you know doing that training right at the beginning that means for th- if if you do sign your sols after taking a job you can't leave that job for 3 years to okay. be able to complete it so therefore um it's it's a it's definitely an option and it's it's an excellent option because it really gives you a very well rounded perspective of law uh but be 100% sure about it because it's a lot of dedication a lot of commitment and a lot a lot of hard work okay you can't be having second thoughts because then it's difficult to continue with it so when you sign your articles with the solicitor what happens after that during the th- three year internship do you uh, work with only in a particular branch of law or do you rotate uh, with in, you know in various departments no it matters i mean it really depends who you're signing your articles with it could be um you know it really depends on the firm that you're or the person you're working with because if they want you to work in a specific do a specific kind of work he is ultimately the person training you on paper so you have to do what they say but if if it's you know if they expect you to just work as an article in a law firm and assist all their associates then you could be getting a getting an experience of different kind of subjects and it may not be restricted to one specific branch of law all right so would you suggest that should one sign the articles while in college or should after graduation what would be the pros and cons of it no like i said like while you're in college it'll be difficult to sign unless you find somebody in pune mm-hmm. cuz um, that's what you have to go to office right in bombay at least that's how it works glc mm-hmm. people are that's why able to do it while they're in college it's definitely better if you're able to do it in college because um i think um, you know after a point of practicing law after a few years of practicing law it's very difficult to take that academic break because usually people take a break for 8 months to study for 8 to 9 months to study for the sols exam because it's tough to crack mm-hmm. and that means no earning for 8 months so right when you've just started earning like say 2 years or 3 years it's difficult to just be without um any sort of salary for 8 to 9 months mm-hmm. and that's what it takes to prepare so i think it's always better to do it while you're in college so that you know fresh out of law school you can work for a year and then give the exam or take a break here when you're preparing for sols and give the exam so are the people who clear the bombay solicitors examination more reputed do they get more job opportunities after clearing the examination 
I don't believe so. I don't think so because um like I said I'm telling you that it's all about you finding the right organization and if you're able to exhibit skills that um appear to be useful for them for instance if you intern with a dispute resolution team you're incredibly good at research you're good at preparing notes you're good at preparing a list of dates and events in a particular matter and mm-hmm. you seem efficient you seem hard working you seem sincere there's no reason why they should not give you a job just because you are not a you know you're not a trained solicitor it doesn't matter so okay. i i really don't think that it's good to have it it definitely adds an edge to your cv but it's not a deal breaker okay right so now with this we come to the last question of our interview yes so and that is this so what does a career in litigation or dispute resolution offer which other careers do not and what advice are Let's students for their college journey uh i think i have already answered that question no monotony disputes is ever evolving you um would as the number of transactions increase you know there are mdfcs who came up so there's an there's a whole section of ibc litigation that's opened up um you know with the insolvency and bankruptcy code um mm-hmm. there is um, oppression mismanagement there is arbitration there is writ petitions and constitutional law aspects there are uh, you know general civil law matters there's criminal law so there's just no dearth of um opportunities to learn which is what i love about disputes and which is what i think that if somebody is interested in that kind of an approach they should definitely go for it because it it it's infinite learning and that's what i love about it no day is the same mm-hmm. every single day you have a new situation a new dispute i think the monotony is not there and that's what um makes me go on with the field as far as advice is concerned for ils students i'll just say that this again is a is an answer that i've already given make the most of your time because mm-hmm. that's that's one gift that we have as kids in ils because no other college college will give you that much amount of time to make your cv to design your cv be creative um, do whatever it takes to learn as much as you can in your college life because this the foundation that you build in your college the academic clarity that you get in your college is really going to help you going forward in the field because you would see when you start practicing law you won't really get the time to go deep into the subjects and really open the books all the time and read the concepts you know you won't get that much time you'll have very limited time so if you get your foundation solid already in college um you know you get your first principles in place it'll mm-hmm. really hold you for a long time it hold you it'll hold you well for a long time so that's what that would be my advice i think make the best out of your time all right okay that's a wonderful answer and with this we come to the end of this interview so thank you thank you pujadi for coming here and addressing us thank i you. hope you have a i hope you stay safe and have a wonderful time ahead thank you so much for inviting me and i hope you stay safe also please let's hope we all recover through this and maybe we'll an op- we'll have an opportunity to meet in person at some point mm-hmm.